You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Well, lo and behold, it is time for the one, the only, Dr. History, brought to everybody by Minicasha Sales at 1321 East Main in Burley. You know what we ought to do some morning? Let's get Zach or Joanne right here on the program with us for the full half hour, and we'll talk to them. And they've got everything over there, doors, garage doors, windows, uh, vinyl and metal siding, all the solid surface countertops, and also the Tartar Farm and Ranch equipment. Oh, the very best. Adminicasha Sales. Good morning, Dr. Hist. Oh, i got to turn your mic on. That's part of the uh, rules. Good morning. They have to be able to hear me, right? Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Before we get started, you're going to China shortly. A week from tomorrow morning, I'll be on an airplane. And how long does it take to get there? I'll be 15 hours over and 20 hours coming back. Why five more hours? I don't know that. I don't know. Really? Maybe it has to do with the international dateline or uh, stopovers. I don't know. Do you know how to order food in Chinese? I I can I think I can point and shoot. How do you know what you're pointing at? That's the problem. Luckily, I'll have a good friend there to to help me with pointing. And you're going to be speaking to literally thousands. I hope not. But Peking University, uh, I don't know how many They're going to show be up. peeking at you. They will be, and I'm yeah. going to be very nervous. Uh, don't be. Always remember the old adage, just treat them like they're sitting in their underwear. That could get me kicked well, wait out. A minute, wait a minute. Chinese don't wear underwear. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be nervous. Anyway, okay. I've spoken a lot of times, but this one's making me a little nervous. Oh, you'll be fine. The only <laughs> thing you have to worry about is possibly being locked up for 30 years. <laughs> or sent home the next day on an what's airplane. The, what's the problem? <laughs> uh, what are we going to talk about this morning? Well, you know, I, I've got actually two short stories today. Short stories. I know your short stories. Uh, okay. Well, we may only get through one. Okay. <laughs> One of my short stories. Okay, go ahead. Well, all right. Uh, the Oregon Trail, of course, hundreds and you know thousands of people came along the Oregon Trail, and there was one week in 1862 that they described as the worst week uh, in the history of the Oregon Trail as far as Indian attacks. Really? Yeah. So it was 1862, uh, one of the worst for Indian attacks in southern Idaho. During the first week uh, period in August, a series of massacres occurred over 100 miles of trail that for the severity and consistency was unequaled anywhere along the Oregon Trail, except right here, Uh right by where we live here. Really? Sure. Um, The gold rush to California in 1849 had started, of course, the migration of immigrants, and, and that number just grew and grew every year. Well, watching caravans of wagons rumbling over the old trails, the Indians became restless, and during the early 60s started a campaign of attacks that kept the U.S. cavalry constantly on the move. 
Well, it was that incredible, incredible second week in August in 1862 that is pretty much stamped indelibly in the pages of Idaho history. Mm -hmm. Now, one of these skirmishes, an Indian attack on an immigrant train moving west over the Oregon Trail, uh, gave us along the Snake River there the name of Massacre Rocks. Yeah. To the you know you've been there the granite formation. Oh, absolutely. This just the side of American Falls. Right. I every time I drive through there, I look for an arrow to fly in my window. You know, I I can't help it. Every time I drive through there, I always picture what it must have been like for the immigrants and the Indians that lay in wait. Real quick to question: Were the interstate runs through there? Is that basically uh, almost uh, exactly where they were in the rocks? From everything I've gathered, that's pretty much where the Oregon Trail went through. Okay. Yeah, I know they've done obviously some excavating, but sure. that's pretty much where it happened. So, anyway, it was reported uh, that south of Massacre Rocks on mm -hmm. August 3rd, a wagon train of 40 people had been ambushed. And it was referred to later as the Methodist train because of the number of religious people uh, of that faith among its members. Mm -hmm. It was thought that 15 women and children had been carried off by the Indians and all the rest of the party were killed except one man who miraculously escaped. Really? Now, my dad told a story years and years ago of a a wagon train attack and a guy swam across the Snake River and escaped. Really? So I don't have anything to back that up but I'm guessing that that could have happened. Once he got to the other side, I mean, how did he know some of the Indians weren't going to be over there? Well, that's a good question and where did he go after that? Maybe yeah. he went back up towards Fort Hall. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Good thing he could swim. Yeah. So, okay, that was August 3rd. Now, on August 6th, the Indians struck again near the same place. This time, it was a group of packers from the Willamette Valley. One was killed. The others managed to escape with their lives, but with little else. And, of course, the Indians, one of the things they wanted to do when they attacked was get the, the hardware, the gear, the horses, the oxen, uh, anything they could uh, uh, get from the, from the wagon. Mm -hmm. Okay, three days later, August 9th, a train from Iowa with many wagons, and they're really not sure how many, was also ambushed by the Indians at the mouth of the City of Rocks. Now, this is not the Alamo Creek Massacre that we've talked about before, though. Uh, but due to their number and firepower, this caravan, after corralling the wagons, managed to repulse the first attack, and that hit them around noon. Well, the Indians, after failing on their first encounter, uh, contented themselves on a second try in rounding up a herd of 50 cattle that had been left outside the barricade. Well, after a day and a night of attacks, the Indians retired to the cover of some rocks for a council of war. Mm -hmm. Now, the white men reversed things on the Indians and with a large well-armed group of guys they left the barricade and surprised the Indians at their council meeting. Now just a minute because no, when you think of Indians they weren't exactly your cowboys I mean they had probably not herded cattle that much and you take a bunch of Indians on a raiding party and moving cattle that had to be kind of like a uh, Chinese fire drill wasn't it? <laughs> well it had to be a little a little different yeah. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have used the word Chinese fire drill. I thought of that. Yeah me too <laughs> Okay. But it You're going to jail I'm, I'm <laughs> I may not even make it over there <laughs> Anyway, so they surprised the Indians at their council, and it was successful. The Indians, taken completely by surprise, had to jump on their horses, and being shot at, they uh, uh, took off, and very few immigrants were actually killed in this episode, yeah. although they did get a bunch of their livestock, as I mentioned. Yeah. 
Now, the day before, on August 8th, two Indian attacks um, happened almost at the same time in different areas. There was a train called the Smith Train that entered the west approach to the city of Rocks. Okay. Kind of almost where we're talking about, where yeah. Alamo is. Yeah. But they heard the yelling of the Indians, and uh, as they appeared without previous warning from behind the, the rock formation. Wouldn't the Indians have been a lot better off if they'd just been quiet and shut up? Yeah, because they could have got... Uh, in that narrow area before you Why get into you be the city. Why would you sitting over there going, hyena, 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 and scare everybody? Yeah. Well, so all 11 wagons, along with 16 horses, were taken as the Indians uh, completely outnumbered these unfortunate immigrants. Yeah. So the Indians, uh, or you know, the information here is a little indefinite, but one newspaper account says that there were some survivors, although it doesn't say how they escaped or how many there were. But the article mentions the immigrants were saved by uh, a party uh, of people near their settlement to the south. So I'm thinking it Where might have... Where would that be? Well, I'm wondering if it might have been Elba area or Almo area. To the south? Well, that's, see, not that's, south. that's not south, is it? No, I, the only thing south would be Brigham City, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, or NAF or one of those other yeah. areas. I, I, so I'm not sure okay. what that would have been. Well, the next incident that happened at approximately the same time east of Fort Hall, okay, so we're going to clear back that other direction, Okay. reveals that, uh, you know, self-preservation is basic in man's nature. There was the Yates train, mm -hmm. 15 wagons, 40 men, and a number of women. Well, this caravan was assaulted in a ravine among a bunch of uh, poplar trees. Well, the wagons, unfortunately, were far apart when the Indians attacked. There were ten front wagons, and they formed a, a corral. Now, for whatever reason, they kind of left the remaining five wagons on their own. Yeah, well, what year was this? This was in the early 1860s, about 1862. Okay, so now the Indians must have had uh, perhaps uh, rifles and not just bow and arrows. I'm, yes, I'm sure they did. Okay. Cause Why would you want to leave five wagons on their own? The thing that I've read over the years is that a lot of times these wagon trains would get spread out. Oh, and sometimes okay. you'd have 15 or 20 wagons, and by the time the last wagon came into camp, he might have been two, three miles behind. Yeah. Because of some had, you know, oxen, some had horses, and some had mules. Yeah. So. But anyway, uh, so they left this uh, these other five wagons kind of on their own. Well, three of these wagons managed to break through and join the main group, but the remaining two were left to their fate uh, when the entire band of Indians bore down on the two wagons and pretty much doomed those five immigrants that were, that were there. Pretty hard to circle the wagons when yeah, you only when got, you two got two of them. Yeah. So, That's a tough circle. It is. Now, there was some bravery, though. There were three men that attempted to come to their rescue, but after the first volley of Indians' fire, so obviously they must have had guns, uh, they returned quickly to the main corral, and records show that the next day the main group did manage to fight its way uh, with a run for safety, and reports show that in all, seven were killed and two were wounded. Hmm. So, now, near Massacre Rocks, again, along the Snake River, they struck again on August 9th. Like I say, this was a bad week oh, man. For, for the immigrants. I'll tell you what. So, the original train that was attacked was known, known as the George W. Adams Party. Yeah. However, before it was over, it was to be joined by several other wagon trains arriving on the scene while the battle was going on. 
Now this kind of indicates the great amount of traffic that went over the Oregon Trail during this period. So if you can imagine, here you have one wagon train, they're yeah. kind of on their own, yeah. they're being attacked, so they stop, here's another wagon train maybe a few miles behind, they come upon the train that's being attacked, and then here comes another group behind them, uh, and I'll get to that a little bit here. But well, for and did they help? Yeah, they did. I so, see. Um, now, one of the party, a guy by the name of uh, let's see, forgot his name. Anyway, oh, Swaysley. Sway, yeah, I can't Swaysley. forget Swaysley. You know what? That's a good time to take a break. Yeah, well, you're trying to remember Mr. Swaysley. Okay. Uh, Minakesha Sales. Hello, Zach. Hello, Joanne at thirteen twenty one East Main in Burley, sponsoring Doctor History. Boy, they can help you with your spring remodeling projects. That's right. They got all your lumber over there. They've got all your. Didn't they lay some carpet for they you? Did. did a great job. I heard that they did a great job. That's yes. all right. Great quality carpet, and they've got new doors. They've got garage doors. And you know what else? For those of us in the livestock business, they've got the best of charter farm and ranch equipment. Ooh, that is good stuff. All of this and more at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main and Burley, right across from the airport. Number to call, 878-2091. Minicasha Sales. And now, back to Dr. History, trying to figure out what happened to Mr. Schwaisley. Mr. Schwaisley was on the wagon train. Uh-huh. The He's on the wagon, train. huh? He is. Okay. But he kind of gives a, a graphic description of how the wagon train was hit while about 10 miles, again, this side of American Falls. Well, when the onslaught first occurred, the wagons were again widely separated, and it was difficult for the wagon master, Adams, to get them to form a corral. Mm -hmm. Well, seeing they were greatly outnumbered by the Indians, the immigrants did a strange thing. Somehow they managed to leave their wagons and escape to what they hoped would be safety. So they left the wagons. Why? Well, that's, again, that's, I don't understand that unless the wagon, yeah. maybe they were just so far apart that they didn't have time to circle yeah, but the wagon. put yourself out in the open for heaven's sake. Yeah. Well, anyway, in this maneuver, three men and one woman were killed and a number wounded. Uh, and by that evening during the battle, several other wagon trains came upon the scene. Yeah. So, anyway, the amazing report. This must have been an interstate back then. This was, it was. It really was. Yeah. You think of the hundreds of wagons. But the amazing report states that during the remainder of the night and in the morning of August 10th, uh, or uh, morning of August 10th, wagons came into such an extent that a corral of 86 wagons was formed. Oh, 86? Yeah. So this, however, still did not stay off the repeated attacks of at least 300 well-armed Indians. Really? So you got 86 wagons actually corralled up, but again, 300 wagons, or 300 Indians, so... Now, these wagons, when they were in a circle like that, they ran all the livestock and everything right in the middle, didn't they? Right. They usually yeah. always tried to do that. That's a big circle. It is. Well, the battle continued, and during this strange outdoor drama, more wagons arrived, stopped at this stop by circling... You know, and uh, according to the eyewitnesses, uh, this guy Swaysley, he said we now had a company of 112 wagons. Holy buckets. And the several trains joined for the purpose, of course, of defending themselves. 112. 112. And these, what, didn't these Indians get the idea that maybe this wasn't a good thing to do? I, I think they probably did after. Yeah. Well, anyway, the writer uh, continues to describe the battle that raged for three days. Three days? Three days. So, but due to the increased number of the, the white people and wagons arriving and the idea that on the third day one of the directing chiefs may have been killed. Uh, and so the Indians withdrew. Yeah. 
So well, by that time they had wagons backed up to Chicago, <laughs> and probably still coming in. You know, I mean, uh, but you know, in, in a way, it's kind of funny, but really, it's not. But anyway, the amount of stock lost at this massacre, including horses, mules, and cattle, was ninety head. Cash taken, so the Indians did uh, get some things. They, they took money. They t- actually took money. Seventeen thousand five hundred dollars. Uh, and total loss in wagons and provisions, they figured not less than about $30,000. When you talk about uh, what they took, though, the stock, and they probably took weapons and stuff like that, 1862. Now, the Indian tribes, of course, the big battle at uh, Custer's Last Stand was 1876, so we're talking about 14 years later. But, I mean, it sounds to me like they were fairly intelligent, and they knew, or I should say well-educated, they knew that taking the white man's money was going to be of some value to sure, them. Sure, because they could probably go to Fort Hall or yeah. uh, Fort well, they Boise. Went up there. There's and, a gambling casino up there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's quite popular yeah. here. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of the tale of uh, Massacre Rocks and the week of 1862 right here along our own Snake River. Who coordinated all this? Was it one tribe that coordinated all those attacks? Probably. That's kind of what they're thinking. But, you know, sometimes they would join join groups. You know, the yeah. Panics, the Shoshones, yeah. The, yeah. the Blackfeet. Now, obviously, some of them were bitter enemies, too. But it doesn't it sound kind of funny to you, a noted historian, that all those attacks would take place in the same time? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, uh, so, you know, we talk about sometimes the military strategy of the Indians. They were pretty smart. They were. I mean, you talk about Sitting Bull and yeah. uh, Chief Joseph. and some He of those was guys, really smart. He, he really was. And uh, some of those, uh, the uh, military thought they'd secretly trained in Europe or someplace as military strategists mm-hmm. because they were so good at what they did. Yeah. So, You know, I don't think uh, history is ever been fair to the American Indian, uh, and I'm going to call them Indians, not Native Americans, because you're as Native as they are being born here in this country. But my respect is such that uh, they did have a lot taken away. They did have their lifestyle changed and altered, and the uh, white race at that time did not treat them fairly in all treaties. And I can understand why they lost, uh, quite frankly, their temper and went on the war path. Yeah. Yeah. we don't have time. I was going to tell a story about a guy named Chief Buffalo Horn that was also right along the Snake River. I remember that name. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, br- just briefly, and I w- I'll tell this later sometime, but uh, uh, he was the chief over this area, and they got a large reservation. Really? Clear from Fairfield, clear over through Fort Hall, a really a, a nice, actually larger area than, the, than they thought. You know what we ought to do, and I'll help you get the information, is uh, talking about different Indian wars and attacks. See, my home in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, was named after General Atkinson and the fort right on the Rock River. And the Indian tribe, the Blackhawk Indian tribe, Chief Blackhawk, uh, led them against Fort Atkinson, General Atkinson. And they just were absolutely the scourge of Illinois and Wisconsin at that time, all up and down the Rock River. Maybe we ought to do a series on that, too. And they that's the one they refer to as the Black. Blackhawk War. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, again, it's amazing uh, also how the immigrants and a lot of the cavalry, well, including our good friend George Custer, 
put such little stock in the Indians' ability to defend themselves. Wouldn't you think that after an attack, that word would spread and the immigrants uh, would have had better thinking on how to protect themselves? Well, and maybe treated the Indians a little better. Yeah. Uh, I know when I've told about the Alamo Creek Massacre, that particular wagon train from Missouri, they would just shoot at an Indian if they saw him up on a hill. Weren't there people that doubted that ever happened up there? Yes, yes. and I've studied and I've read and I've talked to people. Uh, I've, uh, I, was, I was talking about this last fall to a group of young men, and afterwards uh, one of the fathers came up to me and he said, uh, you know, there's a baby that escaped being held by its mother. And didn't she crawl all, she along crawled. with somebody else all the way to, like, Brigham City yeah, they, or something? They, they got her. They escaped. Yeah. But this man came up to me and said, that baby died later and is buried between Kelton and... Uh-huh. Between Kelton and uh, Albion. I see. And his grandfather was a, uh, a uh, teamster. Really? And he rode past that uh, grave and kept that grave up to uh, cleaned up and one thing or another as he rode past it Amazing. every few days. So, Amazing. Anyway. Now, real quick before you leave, and by the way, I'm going to give us the outro here, and then I want to talk to you just for a quick second. Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main and Burley. Zach, Joanne, the whole crew, thank you. Thank you for sponsoring Dr. History, and it's on every Tuesday at 10.06. And Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main in Burley, and they have everything you need from uh, vinyl and metal siding, carpet, garage doors, all the way to Tartar Farm and Ranch Equipment. They are the best. Minicasha sales. Now, when are you leaving for China? I'll, I'll leave next Tuesday evening for Boise, yeah. stay overnight, get on the airplane 7.30 next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow morning. Are you going to be on here next Tuesday? Yes, I'll You're be here next be here Tuesday. next Tuesday. Yep. It's your Bon Voyage. It is. Okay. It may be the last. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll, get you a, I'll get you a Bon Voyage gift and a Get Well gift all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> get out of jail free. <laughs> but I do wish you the very best. I, and you're going to be gone for two weeks. Yes. Okay. Yep. And you are getting nervous. I can see it in your eyes. It's true. What can yeah. I say? Yeah, you're, you're starting to perspire. <laughs> it's true. You don't have anything else to I say. Don't, you're I a don't. man of few words. And I'll be, if, I hope I can just, uh, anyway. Is your, wife right, going? Is your wife going? No, she's not. She's not? No, she has no desire to go, and she's actually going to go, uh, she's got some other things planned. Really? With the family, yeah. So and, it's good. And you're going to teach her how to eat with chopsticks? when you get home. Uh, I may bring something home with me. Okay, you know, all right. Something exotic. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. History, God bless you, man. Thanks, Thanks. so much.